0: Hello everybody and welcome to the MGTOW Academy show. This is season 2, episode number 5. Wherever you are in our very big universe, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day, night, evening, morning, or whatever it is, for listening to the MGTOW Academy show, as you all know, I value your time very greatly. So I appreciate your attention. So let's not waste any more time and uh, jump right into these articles that we're gonna cover in today's podcast. Uh, so first, we're gonna begin with this articles from ChurchMilitant.com. It's about toxic femininity. I can't tell you how many times I had to practice saying the word femininity. All right. So it's like toxic masculinity, it's toxic femininity, feminine, and then I-T-Y. So femininity, all right? So the article, it's titled, Biology Professor Calls Out Toxic Femininity. So uh, let's not waste any more time and start reading. A biology professor is causing a stir by challenging the narrative on toxic masculinity. Biologist Heather Haying wrote a piece for Quillette called on Toxic femininity, and she notes that toxic masculinity exists in the form of men exploiting women sexually, but she says that toxic femininity is also a problem. She argues, yes, toxic masculinity exists, but the use of the term has been weaponized. It is being hurled without care at every man. This term, toxic masculinity, is being wielded indiscriminately and with force, Hang adds, we are not talking imprecision now, we are talking through going inaccuracy. Hang argues that alongside toxic masculinity, there is toxic femininity, which involves incessantly blaming men and condemning all things masculine. She describes toxic femininity by citing a handful of behaviors that are common today. Creating hunger in men by actively inviting the male gaze then demanding uh that men have no such hunger that is toxic femininity subjugating men emasculating them when they display strength physical intellectual or other that is toxic femininity insisting that men simply by virtue of being men are toxic and then being surprised uh, and then acting surprised as relationships between men and women have become more strained That is toxic femininity. It is a game, the benefits of which go to a few while the costs are shared by all of us. Haying goes on to note that some young women emphasize their sex appeal. She calls it hotness with skimpy, sensual outfits and then get upset with men for being tempted to lust for them. And by the way, I'd like to uh, just take a, take a little moment to uh, talk a bit on this, just briefly. Um, so, I'm not sure what people believe about female objectification, like objectification about women. You know how you you'd, uh, sometimes hear feminists complaining about objectifying women? This is objectifying, me you know, that sort of stuff. Um, this is how it is, okay? Women love, they love, they don't like, they love to be objectified. They love to be objectified. It just has to be by the right person. In other words, you know, they love to get objectified by some hot guy, or you know, by some hot dude, by Chad, or whatever, you know? But they do not want to be objectified by some ugly guy, you know? Uh, I'm not sure if I'm ugly. You know, my mirror, for some magical reason, my mirror breaks whenever I look at it, so, I think that should say something so uh in other words if they look if there's a guy that looks like me you know women don't want to be objectified by that guy they want to be objectified by some hot guy like a like a really like an actually good looking guy you know uh, and and there is this uh comedy clip it was of this female comedian and she was uh, making a joke about how um uh, she she was saying all right ladies. You know what it's like when you have a hot – like how you want some hot guys to look at you and then uh, whenever there's an ugly guy, you're trying to get away from it. It was something like that. I'll see if I can find that clip and put it down in the comments or whatever. But, uh, yeah, women, they, do, they like to be objectified by the hot-looking guys, but they hate to be objectified by the not-so-good-looking guys. I want to clarify that, all right? And uh, you can look that up yourself. Do some research and, oh, boy, you'll see. You'll see. You know, it's really an eye-opener. So anyways – let's keep reading she gives an example of this from her own experience with a student I had a student on one of my study abroad trips who had a perennial problem with clothing she was never wearing enough of it she was smart athletic and beautiful but also intent on advertising hotness at all moments at a field station in the jungle in Latin America she approached me to complain that the local men were looking at her the rest of us were wearing field gear A distinctively unrevealing and unsexy garb. She was in a swimsuit. Put on more clothes, I told her. She was aghast. She wanted me to change the men, to talk to them about where to point their eyes. Here in their home, where we were visitors, and one of the gringos had shown up nearly naked, she wanted the men to change. Okay, yeah. See, and, and and that's what that's what I'm talking about. You know, she wants to that 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 story that this uh biologist I, f- I already forgot her name. Something Hayers was it? What was her name? Yeah, yeah Heather Haying. I'm sorry, I forgot the name. Heather Haying. You know that story that she was just talking about. Uh, yeah, that that chick who was worn that uh swimsuit thing. She wanted to be objectified, just not by those um dudes at the, uh, what, what was it again, a field station? Yeah, just at the field station. She wanted some hot guy with like with like, six-pack abs who was six feet tall and all that stuff. She wants to be objectified by those guys, but not by the, you know, not not these random dudes at a field station, you know? That's just an example right there. And then when they get objectified by the wrong people, they complain, Hey, stop looking at me! Why are you objectifying me? This is rape! So, I'm just trying to point that out. Now, anyways, let's continue reading. In the article, Hang clarifies that her purpose is not to claim rape victims were somehow asking for it by dressing a certain way. While Haying was in high school in Los Angeles, she writes, she was subjected to an attempted sexual assault while working for a high-end catering company. Instead, Hang says her message is that women who flaunt their sexuality should not be surprised when men find them sexually attractive. No, I did not just say that she was asking for it, she argues. I did, however, just say that she was displaying herself and, of course, she was going to get looked at. Although she argues from an evolutionary perspective, hey begins this article by pointing out that most men act nothing like mere animals. Given the opportunity, male lions will kill the kittens in a pride over which they have gained control. They commit infanticide which brings the new mothers freshly childless back into estrus the females are quickly impregnated this we can all agree is disturbing behavior and may make some people feel rather less pleased with lions given the opportunity the vast majority of modern male modern human males would do no such thing she wraps up the piece on a hopeful note writing it is shocking that this bears saying but There is a world of men who are smart and compassionate and eager to have vibrant, surprising conversations with other people, both men and women. Haying is an evolutionary biologist. She describes herself as a professor in exile. She and her husband, Brett Weinstein, had to leave Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington after backlash from leftists posed a uh, a threat to their safety. The campus had a tradition called Day of Absence. Racial minorities leave campus one day a year to highlight their importance in the community. But in 2017, the tradition was changed to encourage white students in Fossilty to leave campus for a day. Weinstein opposed the change, saying it twisted the event's message from appreciating diversity to fostering racial division. Leftists protested, accusing Weinstein of racism. Weinstein and Hayer faced threats to their safety and and eventually had to leave Evergreen State College owing to protests and death threats. The college later paid the couple $500,000 in a settlement. And that's the end of that article. Oh boy, um, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Republican, but, uh, wow. I, I, I gotta agree with the fact that the left is much crazier than the right. I mean, wow, that's just, mmm, come on, that that's just, No. So, ignoring the last part, which was, I'm not going to lie, really sad and just, I don't know, I, I feel bad for them, you know, for the couple, but besides that part, uh, this was a great article, you know, and I, and I liked how she touched on um, the hypocrisy of women advertising themselves, alright? No, just because you wear a outfit doesn't mean, a, like, a, like a sexualized outfit doesn't mean that you are asking for rape, it's not your fault, Okay? You know, if I were to go into a uh, suspicious area, a shady area in in a city or whatever, right? And if I was wearing a nice watch or something like that, and then I got my watch robbed, was it my fault because I was asking to get robbed? No. You know? Like, like I just want to put into a different uh, situation so you guys can understand that part more, okay? You know, just because that women wear. Uh, rather exposing outfits and all that stuff doesn't mean they're, they're asking for rape. It's wrong, yeah, but that's you know it's not their fault. Okay, we're talking about like the whole uh hypocrisy of getting mad at uh men staring at them. That's what I'm here to kind of criticize. All right, uh, it, it's just kind of ridiculous, you know. You know, I mean, I mean, what 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 do you expect? You expect only the good-looking guys to look at you? Know everyone, every guy is gonna look at you. All right, every guy's going to look at you. All right, it's not going to be that that one select group of of guys who are like, ooh, yeah. No, 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 all the guys are going to be looking at you if you're wearing a uh, exposing outfit. So don't complain if you wear something that's rather exposing and then every single guy stares at you because uh well, I mean, it's going to happen. Okay, you're you're advertising yourself, right? I mean, people are going to look at it. So guys. I will have that article linked in the description or the episode information box, uh, so you guys can check it out yourselves and be sure to share your thoughts with me in the comment section below for my viewers on YouTube. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, email me your thoughts. All right. My email is in the episode information box as well. So we're going to be moving on to, excuse me, moving on to this uh, next article here. It's, it's really quick actually. It's from men'shealth.com.au. So, um, like I said, MGTOW was not all about, uh, discussing masculinity, like toxic masculinity and criticizing it or this and that. We're also here to talk about yourself. It's, you know, it's sort of like a self-improvement thing, if you will. Alright? So, uh, this article, I guess it's from Men's Health, and it's like a public service announcement. Alright? Poor oral hygiene can lead to erectile dysfunction and infertility. Alright? Now, I'm pretty sure that if you're watching this or listening to this, you don't plan on, on uh, getting some woman pregnant or anything like that. But it's still you know worth worth covering because well, oral hygiene is important. So why not remind you guys to do it? Okay, I gotta work on my oral hygiene myself. So I was like, okay, gotta you know kind of remind everybody. You know, I gotta do my part too. You know, so uh, let's get let's read this it's really quick. Uh, if we want to increase the chances of falling pregnant. And produce a child that is as healthy as possible, it makes both sense it makes sense that both the female and the male are as healthy as can be, so this begs the question: Can fertility in men be affected by poor oral health? The answer is a definitive yes, says Dr. Lewis Ehrlich of Sydney Holistic Dental Center. This may come as a shock to many of us as the mouth is often so uh, seen in isolation from the rest of the body, however, as time passes. We are seeing so many connections between the way that your oral health affects your general health. And that's what I want to talk about. Not about getting some woman pregnant. We're just talking about your health here, alright? Let's take the gum disease to illustrate this point. Gum disease, which is one of the most common diseases worldwide, is linked to conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, stroke, and cancer, just to name a few. The common denominator in all of these health conditions is chronic inflammation. This is extremely harmful to our teeth and it turns our gums... Uh, if we're not looking after them, uh, are one of the uh, most common sites for chronic inflammation in the body. Downscaling inflammation must be one of the goals if we are talking about fertility and avoiding difficulties with conception. A recent study of clinical periodontology has shown that high levels of plaque and bleeding gums are a risk factor for poor sperm mobility, or uh, I'm sorry, motility, which is their ability to swim and a reduced sperm count. To make matters even worse for our manhood, a recent study in the Journal of Human Reproductive Science has shown a clear correlation between chronic gum, uh, gum disease and erectile dysfunction. Evidence indicated a positive link in CP or chronic periodontitis and ED or erectile dysfunction to the findings. It was also suggested that CP should be considered risk factors for erectile dysfunction and treatment of CP might be helpful in the improvement of erectile dysfunction. The importance of oral health should be given by the dentist and physician as a preventative medicine for not only ED, but for more serious systemic diseases in the best interest of patient health. So that was long and boring, but the point is to watch after your oral hygiene. When it comes to dental health and its influence over male's fertility and genital health, that's right, your genital health. Like your, your penis, your, your testicles, your scrotum, all that stuff. The good news is that we are largely in control of these potential problems. You hear that folks? You are largely in control. So you should follow these guidelines from Dr. Ehrlich and, uh, you know, to kind of fend off any potential problems. So, brush twice a day for two minutes, at least two minutes, sometimes more. Uh, my dental hygienist said that I'm one of those people that need to do it longer. Uh, for some magical reason, it takes me longer than two minutes to get some stuff off, so I just do it for like about five minutes or whatever. I know it seems crazy, but it, it works, right? So brush for at least two minutes a day, maybe even more. Uh, floss one or two times per day, making sure that you get the floss underneath the gums. Alright? Next, practice oil pulling first thing in the morning, ideally for 15 minutes. And next, Avoid inflammatory, refined, processed carbohydrates. Eat foods daily that are seasonal, local, organic, and high in omega-3s, vitamin C, D, and antioxidants and fiber. And also be sure to uh, visit your dental professional for checkups and cleans at least every six months. So follow those guidelines. Brush your teeth twice a day uh, uh, at least for two minutes. You know the usual stuff. Okay, I just wanted to remind you guys to look after your oral hygiene. All right, so... We got that one cleared up. This next article here is from theconversation.com, all right? So this article is titled, Sorry, men, there's no such thing as dirt blindness. You just need to do more housework. More housework, huh? Oh, man, I, they were right. Clearly, men are horrible. You know, we, we we just can't do anything right, you know? You know, we built society. We, I mean, clearly, we can't do anything right, you know? Something as simple as maintaining the house we can't even do. Let's get started to reading this article and let me begin my criticism. So, the problem with housework is that it is never-ending drudgery. As soon as the floor is cleaned, the doctor is up, the kids spill slime ingredients into the wood grain, and the tradie walks through the house with well-oiled work boots. And the cycle begins. The Danish use the word to describe the feeling of coziness, warmth, and comfort that a well-kept house is supposed to provide. Yet, creating this pleasant environment requires work, and unfortunately, the bulk of that is done by women. Findings from the latest Household Income and Labor Dynamics in Australia, or the HILDA, report show that Australian men have increased their housework time by 55 minutes, and women have reduced theirs by two two and a half hours per week. So, the gender gap in housework is narrowing. Yet, women still do seven hours more of housework per week than men. Do women just have a love of cleaning that men do not share? Or are men dirt blind and unable to see the mess as it emerges over the sofa? Uh So, I know the answer to this already. You see, there's a thing that men do. It's called... Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this before. It's called... um. Working, like like a work, like a job, a career work, you know, a job, income, and like the article literally said at the beginning, uh, the tradee walks through the house with well oiled work boots. Uh, yeah, it's a job because you know you're out there working. You see, back when society wasn't so messed up and screwed up. I mean, it was, but back you know in the good old days when the nuclear family was still alive. You see, the woman was called a housewife. She cleaned the house, maintained the house, took care of the kids, and all that kind of stuff. And the dad, the father, the husband, he worked. And uh, uh, surprisingly, society turned out fine, you know? And everything worked out nicely, you know? I- amazing, isn't it? But, uh yeah, I mean, why don't women work, you know? I'm, I'm pretty sure men work more hours per week than women, which is why they are paid more on average. So yeah, j- just saying though, just saying. So let's continue reading. Fortunately for humankind, the answer to both of these questions is no. Below we unpack some of the main reasons why women's housework share uh, remains larger than men's and offer solutions to tidy up this gendered mess. Men in dirt blindness is a furphy. Not sure what a furphy is, but okay. While attitudes towards greater, uh, towards gender roles have become less traditional, there are still gendered expectations about the cleanliness of the home and children. Any dirt, mess or failure to provide clean, immaculately dressed, and polite children to the world is often a judgment against women. A sure sign of bad mothering. Inherent in this assumption is the idea that men don't see mess. Or are oblivious to the cleaning and mental work associated with ensuring that the household runs properly. Also, uh, there is a assumption, assumption that women are oblivious uh, to the mental work and the physical labor associated with ensuring that uh, you know a man can keep his job. You know, but women are oblivious to that, right? Just saying, that's how things are supposed to work. So anyways, even when the house uh, work is outsourced, women are more often responsible for organizing and paying the cleaner or hitting the button on the full dishwasher or robot vacuum. What's more, the types of domestic work that are outsourced is usually the work often done by men, such as gardening or household maintenance. So the benefit of domestic outsourcing is usually marginal for women. Because of men's lack of desire to twirl a brush around the toilet bowl or the general lack of concern about having a clean house, we tend to think of them as being dirt blind. But really, it's because men aren't penalized for messiness in the same way that women are. For women, cleanliness in the family home is a further extension of prevailing social norms that dictate uh, that women must be clean, hairless, perfumed, and pretty. In this regard, doing housework is a way for women to perform their gender Men not doing housework also fits, uh, with the long held ideas about men and dirt that begins with boys in the outdoors. Thus, keeping house is as much, ge- as much about gendered expectations as it is about actual dirt. Um, so, this article is trying to, to, to compare dirt with genders. I'm not sure if I'm the only one who's getting that vibe here, but, uh, sure, whatever. Let's continue reading. <clears throat> men do see dirt. But they aren't told from a young age that leaving a mess makes them bad men. Um, I was told to clean up after myself. The majority of guys, males my age when I when I was younger, uh, was told that leaving a mess is irresponsible. Not nothing about being a bad man, but we were just told that it's irresponsible. Just like women were told that it was irresponsible. Okay, so yeah, I mean that that is called responsibility, something that feminists don't really like and enjoy i'm not saying that the the author of this is a feminist but i'm just i'm just trying to say though you know feminists don't like responsibility but i was taught that from a uh, young age so just saying let's continue reading women's resources are discounted in 2017 australian women earned 87 oh my god oh boy sorry guys this thing is just ridiculous let me, so, this article is saying in 2017, Australian women earned 87 cents for every dollar earned by a man. The gender pay gap in Australia has happened between 15 and 19% over the past two decades. Oh boy. Mm hmm. So, uh, the gender pay gap has a bunch of factors that debunk it. And I'm not even going to go, I got, I'm tired of it. All right. Uh, men work more hours per week, they hold higher professions. Uh, th- those are the main, some of the main factors. Do the research yourself. I'm tired of, of seeing articles complaining about some gender pay gap that doesn't even exist. But whatever. Uh, mothers, regardless of their profession, earn less than fathers, indicating that gender uh, gender discrimination, rather than incompetence or occupational type, explains these gaps. Mmm. Now, I'm pretty sure that uh, occupational uh, w- when you. Factor out. When you account for the occupation type, when you account for everything else, women are paid equal to men. Now, I'm not saying that's always going to be true, uh, but that that's pretty much really how it works, okay? Uh, unequal pay based on discrimination of race, gender, sex, or religion, any, any of that stuff, it's been against the law since, I think, 1970, 1979. Uh, so, yeah, not sure what's going on here, but whatever. Just women playing the victim card. Nothing, nothing new. It's okay. Move on. Nothing new. Anyways, the gap in earnings is important as having more money gives women more power, including to outsource housework. Studies show that women are more likely than men to use their earnings to outsource women. Oh, I'm sorry to outsource housework. Women who are equal earners to men report the most equal housework divisions. Yet when women start to earn more than their husbands, their earnings are less effective than men than men's in getting their husbands to increase their housework share housework scholarship has long documented that women who earn more than their male partners spend more not less time in housework than women whose earnings are equal to men's in other words as women's earnings exceed men these earnings become a less valuable bargaining tool within a relationship a recent study from the u.s. census shows that women who earn more than their partners underreport their own and overstate their husband's earnings. So, arguments that women can use their higher earnings to negotiate for husbands' greater housework contributions do not hold true. So, closing in the gap in housework. A recent study about housework posed a dire warning. At the current pace, it will take 30 years for the gender gap in housework to close, this is unlikely to eventuate unless we dramatically rethink the way men and women organize their work and family lives in Australia. Well, you see about that, folks are trying to, uh, live way that, like live society, live their lives the way that things are supposed to be. As in the guy, the, the father, the husband is the breadwinner and the, uh, the wife, the female, takes care of the household. Uh, maintains the household, takes care of the kids, because that's how uh, society is supposed to work. Like okay, I'm no expert, but that's just how things were supposed are supposed to be. And society has worked fine like that for decades, centuries, like thousands, ten, hundred thousands, a long, long time. Okay, obviously I was about to say years, but it's been working that way for a long, long time. And now we're trying to screw things up by equalizing everything because we got to make everything equal. Equality, right? It's all about, it's all about equality. So, let's keep reading. Oh boy. So, but there are a few ways forward. First, governments can provide help in the form of subsidies to hire cleaners or buy prepared meals to help families reduce their housework burden. The Swedes have instituted a tax credit for housework to help reduce the family's load and to bring this type of black market labor into the light. So, Housework, yes, I get it's not easy and all that. And no way am I trying to say that women have it easy when it comes to housework. Housework is not an easy task, okay? It's not easy, okay? It's easy and it's hard. It's easy in certain ways and it's hard in certain ways, right? I'm not trying to discredit them if that's what anybody's thinking. However, I don't think the government would necessarily need to provide help in the form of subsidies. I think they can spend more money to, uh, I don't know, let's see... What are things that the government can actually do to help society? Uh, improve infrastructure, I'm sorry, yeah, infrastructure, uh, repair our public education systems, um, for the United States government, we can work on, uh, just the legal system as a whole. Uh, we, we got a couple of problems and I, I know, I know this is an Australian article, but there are other things the government can focus on besides household stuff. Okay that's just my opinion on it okay i know my opinion doesn't matter i know i'm just trying to say that, that the government shouldn't really be worrying about spending money on some uh house housework programs or whatever subsidies whatever it is um i just do think that's that's where the money should be going at the current moment so whatever the second is for women to reduce their housework to similar levels as men based on current estimates this means women will contribute 55 minutes per week we would call this a housework strike, a way to draw attention to the unseen housework that women do and to encourage men's equal contribution. This will require women to become dirt blind and hold out until a crisis point is reached, such as everyone in the house running out of clean underwear. So certain women in relationships do this. You can read stories all the time of men who like get married and then the woman doesn't do anything. It's always the man who's uh, taking care of the house. He's always the guy who's cleaning stuff you can read those stories all the time all right i think i have even covered that before MGTOW stories but uh, that's besides the point so what 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 this article is calling for if i understand it and interpret it correctly is that we should have women go out and not do their their duties okay because we need equality okay who cares about the proper household it's all about gender equality am i right yeah so whatever, <laughs> let's keep let's let's read this last uh, let's read this last paragraph. However, women still do more child care than men, so this won't solve all of women's domestic woes. And the final solution is for men to see housework for what it is, drudgery that we all have to do in order to achieve hygiene. Men have to he men have heeded the call to increase their time with children. Uh Now a housework revolution. Is necessary for all of us to relax. Actually, it's uh, it's necessary if you want to increase stress or make things worse. Like I said, housework is not easy. But when everything, when everybody had their own rules and duties in society, everything was nicely balanced. And now you're calling to for things to be screwed up even more. What do you guys do? Oh my God. Mm. What are you guys? What are you guys even doing? What What is wrong with humans? What's wrong with us? I am a fellow human asking what's going on with the human race. Whatever. Let's go over this final article. It's from the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, and it's the article is titled, Is It Time for Hashtag He Too to Save the Males? Alright, so, Harry Crouch's San Diego office is a study in male outrage. The shelves are stacked with books with titles such as Making Monsters, False Memories," Psychotherapy, and Sexual Hysteria legalizing misandry, and Hotsy Totsy Feminazi. Baptists like California is sexist and hateful against men adorned the walls and a bumper sticker on the back of the door reads, Don't be that girl. Embarrassed about a hookup? angry at a boyfriend? Willing to destroy a life? Then, in the midst of of it all, a generally tender mug. Father, all that you are has been a major force in my life. Because the president of the National Coalition for Men or the NCFM Is a father and a grandfather, and his hashtag He2Crusade to eradicate gender based stereotypes and fight for male civil rights in the world he considers increasingly sexist and hateful towards men is for those two grandsons, he says. I can't imagine what those boys are going to be confronted by in a few years unless we take action. Right now, as a part of a concerted pushback against 10 months of Hashtag Me Too, the NCFM is taking plenty of action, the legal kind, and making both news and history with a series of lawsuits they're slapping on ladies' night-style gatherings, almost all of them successful. As the oldest men's rights organization on the planet, they have been acting on issues from domestic violence and equal parenting rights to trying to prevent the men falsely accused of sexual assault becoming Sacrificial, sacrificial scapegoats to satisfy some feminist or political agenda for years. But this feels like the start of a more robust fight. Put this to Crouch. A curmudgeonly, curmud, how do you say that? Curmudgeonly 68 year old who becomes warmer and less guarded over our time together and he frowns. As catchy as it sounds, the NCFM hasn't yet embraced the hashtag He2 brand that people are keen to impose on it there has been this bias against males for decades he explains uh, the man explains uh, as he wears four black and blue save the males wristbands at any uh, one time handing them out in lieu of business cards but most people just haven't seen it until recently when everything that has gone on has made them more aware and you know they are starting to panic a bit because we're gaining purchase, he adds obliquely before clarifying uh, clarifying that any they's peppering his conversation refer to the opposition and not necessarily a uniquely female one at that. The idea that I hate all women is ridiculous and stupid, he groans. We are an inclusive organization that uh, employ a number of women too, but while the opposition run on emotion, we run on facts. You'd think that most people with an IQ over 60 could understand the basic concepts of fairness and equality, wouldn't you? And yet it's amazing how many academics struggle with them. Perhaps because intellectual arguments would get them nowhere, the NCFM has been using the legal system to make a larger point and successfully suing a number of businesses and organizations offering either women-only gatherings or discounts to uh, women. And I've covered this a couple times before on the McTay Academy show, and on the now-defunct series, MGTOW News. Continuing on, one of the key players at the NCFM, Rich Allison, a former Marine Corps captain who has been a plaintiff in 13 lawsuits, has been waging war against organizations such as the Financial Services Information Sharing and Analysis Center, which was offering a diversity scholarship to female recipients, and Ladies Get Paid. And I covered that actually before. Ladies Get Paid, a career development company for women uh, which had the temerity to turn him away from one of their gatherings in a San Diego bar. I believe in social justice and fairness, says Allison, who cites the day he saw a 2015 Super Bowl T-Mobile advert in which comedian Sarah Silverman hands a couple their newborn baby and says, sorry, it's a boy, as tipping his point. They never allowed that ad with a girl. True, but isn't it a sad world when Ladies Night has to be banned? Well, California eliminated all men's clubs a while ago, Allison says. And I do think what we're doing is effective. The suits are getting people to focus. Behind almost all of these suits is local lawyer, who we've discussed before, Alfred G. Rava, formerly the NCFM secretary, he has filed some 300 cases in total. A rate of about one a month for the past three years. Rava's first. Unruh Civil Rights Act sex discrimination lawsuit was the result of a night out in 2002 when he was required to pay 10 U.S. dollars uh, to enter a bar where women were allowed in for free. Rava found that ladies' nights had been illegal in California since 1985 and proceeded to sue. The legal way isn't necessarily the best, or indeed the only way to fight for men's rights, insists Crouch. But it's certainly true that we can effect change more rapidly through litigation than legislation. The NCFM president, who was once in a relationship with a woman who would get violent, says this as someone who has tried to work with the state on projects such as setting up a program uh, on, for abused men. I was told, and this is a direct quote, it will be a cold day in hell before our commission or any other agency gives you a dollar for abused men. Unlike hashtag MeToo, male celebrities are not rushing to give the NCFM injections of cash, laughs Crouch, and unfortunately that is true. Although there does seem to be a pushback going on, which is not to say that hashtag Me Too hasn't had so much legitimacy, because it absolutely does. But unfortunately, it has also brought down more attention to false uh, allegations, and false allegations hurt everybody, men and women. We need to be talking about them more. And by the way, in the last episode of the MGTOW Academy show, I covered this um, article, this quick article, uh, about how they, during like a nine-year study, 41% of the uh, rape cases in a, in a local suburban uh, community, or was it sub, I don't know, it was like a suburban community or something like that, they found out that uh, 41% of the cases in a nine-year period were false. So I'm just trying to say, uh, you guys should check that out if you haven't already. That's uh, that was season two, episode number four. Carrying on, <clears throat> it does seem like companies are not overly inclined to fight for their male employees. They're just rolling over, panicked that their stock prices are going to take a time. <laughs> Sorry guys, uh, I'm not sure if you guys just heard that. I can't believe I just did. That. I can't. I can't stop the recording now. It's too late. But um, I've been holding in a fart for the longest time. And I, I just let it go. I'm not sure if you guys heard that, but, uh, sorry. <laughs> trying, 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 to, trying to hold it all together, you know. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try that again without laughing, alright? <clears throat> it does seem like companies are not overly inclined to fight for their male employees. They're just rolling over, panicked that their stock prices, are going to take a dive, as though it doesn't matter where the truth lies. But now, when a woman accuses someone of status, I think people are beginning to ask, Really, Harvey Weinstein being outed as a Hollywood-style villain has been helpful. Agrees Couch. He's not a representative of a normal man in so many ways, from his apparent talent and his wealth to the appalling way he treated women. If all those accusations are true, which I doubt, by the way, then he is absolutely horrific. But we will never, but we never talk about the women who position themselves around people like that with the hope of exploiting them in order to obtain career advancement. We also never talk about the women who jump into bed with the man for that same reason and then turn around and blame them for something. Crouch isn't entirely right in that respect. After all, here we are, doing just that. A William C. Cook, who has spent years researching and writing about men who have been sexually abused, stalked, controlled, and coerced by women, believe the conversations we're having now will eventually lead to a greater understanding between the sexes. It's going to take a long time for these kids to... I'm sorry, for these kinds of non-gender biased facts to reach public or media consciousness. The author of Abused Men, The Hidden Side of Domestic Violence tells me, But attitudes can change. Both men and women engage in sexually coercive tactics. The styles may vary, but the substance does not. Crouch needs to go and prepare for a conference in South Carolina where he will represent the NCFM. But I'm curious to know whether he, too, feels that there will be a correction in time. I hope that people who grew up with loving men and have a voice will speak out more. He pauses for a moment. There is a sociological phenomenon called dynamic equi- equilibrium, where you swing back and forth before going to the middle, or getting to the middle. And I do think that things are coming down a little bit now. But that pendulum is not coming back to the center of my lifetime. Maybe not. Though, of course, where that center lies depends very much on where you stand in the first place. And that is the end of that article. So I do apologize for laughing a bit at the last part where I had to let go of that fart. Uh, I know you guys don't care, but I, I just think farts are hilarious. I'm sorry. I was just watching this compilation of uh, newscasts of news anchors farting. It, it, it just reminded me of that, and I, and I lost it. So I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's my entertainment for you guys. I farted, right? <clears throat> Also, you might have noticed me um like what was I was like uh coughing a lot, I was like pausing a lot. You could see that I was having some uh what's it called? Gastric acid, I think. Wherever it is, you, you might have noticed that. So I do apologize for that, but I just ate like uh two or three Swiss rolls. And I maybe ate too much, so I do apologize about that. But, guys, that does wrap it up for today's podcast. Thank you for listening to the show. Once again, I do value your time. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. My Twitter handle is at all caps, MGTOW, followed by Academy. The first thing in Academy is capitalized. If you want to email me, like email me for a collaboration, you want to share your thoughts with me, anything like that, email me at MGTOWACADEMY.MEDIA at gmail.com. All right? If you have Google Hangouts, even better. All right? Message me. We'll talk. All right? And I, and I can actually – I can legit talk to you. I'm not joking. So – uh, I don't think I have anything else to say, but until I see you guys next time, remember that it's a very dangerous world out there, so be sure to keep taking your daily doses of pills and stay safe. Everybody, this is MGTOW Academy, signing off.